Sam, Natasha, Mort, Purvis, Libby, Pink Eye, and Artie! The strongest man in the world! <laughs> we are the Nightcrawlers! Snappy name, my little Viking son. Happy. On the Lord of Hirawat, Nick. On the Lord of Hirawat, Nick, Nick. On the Ricky Dicky Low, living number one, Nickelodeon. Good morning, all you night crawlers. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. Hi, it's Candace. And this is episode. 117? 117. I think. Uh, And we're talking Pete and Pete Nightcrawlers, of course. Yeah. This will kick off our Pete the Heat week. (laughs) Pete the Heat with Pete and Pete. Do you have any suggestions, Candace, as to what we can call this week? Oh, I think Pete the Heat is great. Okay. Yeah. If I come up with something better, I'll let you know. Uh, and this is your first Pete and Pete you've done with us? Yes, yeah. And do you have any memories of watching Pete and Pete growing up? I have a few. I'm not an aficionado the way I would say that both of you are. Um, my only sibling was a little bit younger, so I think that skewed the viewing in my house. Not based on my like or dislike of Pete and Pete, mm-hmm. but um, I think it skewed my watching a little bit younger yeah but when i do remember watching pete and pete i i really like it i feel very it's very even though it's weird and fun it felt very safe Mm -hmm. uh and comforting so i think when i see it now it's more just like very nostalgic of you know it's got that feel i don't need to go over this again (laughs) it's the thing that makes pete and pete good that's what i like (laughs) Uh, so this episode is a season one episode, Pete and Pete. Yeah. yeah and this week, really. this week we're going to take a look at all three seasons. So we'll do three episodes this week, and there'll be one from each season represented. Um, but this is episode three. Is that what you have? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this was like more of a fall episode uh, season-wise, but it feels like a really summer episode, the way they're outside at night. Yeah, you know that feels more like summer. Than, but yeah. I noticed the leaves changing and stuff. I, until I rewatched it for this, I guess I I had never paid attention yeah. to what season. But just the idea of staying up for eleven straight days seems like a summer yeah. idea. So I'd always assumed it had to be. Yeah, it it would have to be summer break. I mean, I didn't see them going to school. No. So. Um, but yeah, in the episode, it's clearly fall, yeah. based on clothing and foliage. <laughs> Uh, and it also aired during winter, which is kind of strange. But um, it aired December twelfth, Sunday, December twelfth, nineteen ninety three. Uh, Want to take a look at that month? Love to. Like, <laughs> uh, so uh, a song that's released that month not not going to be number one that month, but was released was the sign by Ace of Base, which would go on to be the Billboard Song of the Year of nineteen ninety four. Love it. You love that song. Love that song. Cool. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Takes me right back to my babysitter's pool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. <laughs> Her name was Patty. Uh-huh. Uh, she had a pool. And this girl, I, th- 
think Sarah at my babysitter had it on cassette. That song on cassette. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. That seems right. Uh, The fourth Billboard Music Awards are held in December of 1993. Uh, Whitney Houston and the Bodyguard soundtrack are the big winners at that event. (laughs) As we've discussed many times. Yep. Big uh, Bodyguard news that I just noticed. Not really big, but... uh, I'd always kind of thought something was weird about the poster, Um, but I just read that... Kevin Costner just said that's not really Whitney Houston on the poster. Wow. It's holding. But it's very Can you strange. Not see her face? You can't see her face at all. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. That is a strange choice for them not to put her on the poster. Yeah, very strange. Maybe when they went to go do the poster, that was a last minute thing. Wow. We gotta get this. She's not done. on the movie poster? It just seems like for marketing, what a huge screw up. Yeah, it really. That's odd. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, Elian Gonzalez, the Cuban boy at the center of the heat of 2000 controversy, um, who, you know, he, he came to the United States. He was born that month, uh, in Cuba. Uh, Pablo Escobar, the Colombian drug lord, is shot to death by Colombian police at the age of 44. Uh, and famous American rock musician Frank Zappa dies that month of prostate cancer. Hmm. At 52. I always thought he was maybe a little older, but... Uh, yeah, uh, TV um, to premiere that month. Just one show I noted here uh, on MTV, The State, mm. uh, which gives a start to a lot of like famous modern com- comics. Yeah. Um, Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter, Joe Latrulio, Thomas Lennon, David Wayne, Carrie Kenny, Ken Marino, among others. Yeah, that group. Yeah. That- shows up in things yeah though i think like more people are familiar with them maybe through wet hot american summer yeah. but if you like those uh, th- that movie and those uh, shows uh that's that's the group yeah um two number ones no three number one singles in december of 1993 uh your favorite i'd do anything for love <laughs> by meatloaf uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I believe that was for two weeks but oddly enough mm. No, never mind. It was for two weeks. Uh, Wait, is the inside joke that Andrew really does love that song or that he does not love that song? No, he likes that song. Yeah, it was on my uh, (laughs) 93 year in review. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was on the right track. Do you love that song? I would say I like that song. I mean, if you put it on, <laughs> listen to it from beginning to end, uh, it's just so, like, Meatloaf is just so over the top, it's kind of hard to dislike for me. Just so ridiculous. It's almost like the Neil Diamond thing for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just so over the top. It's, uh, no, I feel like you've convinced me. I'm compelled. I feel like that, that way about Neil Diamond. For whatever reason, Meatloaf just, I don't... There's a there's a hurdle I can't get over. <laughs> <laughs> um, other other number one songs uh, for a week again by Janet Jackson, and uh, for one week Hero by Mariah Carey. Oh, talk about compelling music. <laughs> Both of those are. Oh, Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah. That song. Yeah. I'm not sure I know the song. Uh, well, I just kind of, uh, like, almost just expect Janet Jackson or Mariah Carey to show up every month in the yeah. 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, other releases music-wise uh, that month was the Ramones released an album, Depeche Mode, 
Enigma, of course, uh, with the uh, the song um, "Return to Innocence." Uh, uh, <laughs> Ice yeah. Cube, Mary J. Blige, and The Verb Pipe all release albums that month. Uh, number one movies of December of 1993: We have Mrs. Doubtfire for two weeks. Uh, Wayne's World 2 for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pelican Brief for two weeks. Huh. Yeah. Nice. Interesting thing about that month is that Mrs. Doubtfire is the number one movie at the start of the month, and then Wayne's World 2, and then Pelican Brief for two weeks, and then Mrs. Doubtfire again at the end huh. of the month. Oh. Like, maybe like word of mouth was just like, yeah. you have to catch this. <laughs> I feel like joint. that's like a footnote that's actually a really good compliment to a movie. Yes, if you could, like, go a couple weeks without being one and then... Yeah, it's not just like, oh, well, nothing else came out. It's like, it did. Yeah. We circled back. Yeah, yeah. The Pelican Brief came out. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, Other movies to be released that month, uh, Schindler's List um, by Steven Spielberg, Beethoven the Second, which I don't think I ever watched... Oh, I definitely mm. I was did. a big Beethoven fan. But. Me too. Yeah, the first one's very good. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> as far as kids' dog movies go, okay. it's pretty good. Okay. Oh, so you're putting Beethoven above Airbud right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I've seen Airbud many times, and it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not ashamed to say it, folks. <laughs> um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape comes out oh. that month, which is a great movie. Yeah. Great. Uh, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. Um Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which I did you, did you, did you own that? Uh, no, I probably rented it when uh, I saw it. Okay. Uh, Grumpy Old Men, which is a real classic. Jack Lemmon, <laughs> yeah. Walter Matthau. That was I one like... I saw many times. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you talked about that, but I was, I was like, what <laughs> is with this dumb movie? Have you seen it since? Uh... No, not from beginning to end. I bet you'd like it. Are they are they fighting over a girl? I don't remember. I the, so. se- the second one, yeah. definitely. Oh. Grumpier old men. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, that one for sure. I don't know. Probably. Is there seems, a, seems right. Is there a grumpiest old man? No, I think Jack Lemon died before. That could be a... But they did make <laughs> a movie. They obviously did, where they were headed. <laughs> they did make a movie on a boat together. It was not part of the Grumpy uh, Old Men series. Yeah. Out to Sea, maybe? Out to Sea. <laughs> Yeah, that was also, and I saw that multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get enough of those guys. Really, I couldn't. Walter Matthau was just so fascinating to me. Uh, I only didn't like his turn in Dennis the Menace, but otherwise... <laughs> what? <laughs> Actually, I should say I liked Walter Matthau, I just didn't yeah, love Dennis the Menace. Hmm. Pretty good movie, though. <laughs> then Jack Lemmon. Ugh. Alright. Uh, and also Tombstone. <laughs> Tombstone. Oh, great mm-hmm. movie. Yeah? Yeah. Never seen it. It's a, it's a classic, classic uh, western. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, you like westerns. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's like old men movies. I'm western. <laughs> and Andrew's Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. Uh, video games. Um, I only noted three here, but three pretty significant games. Um, NBA Jam uh, is released uh, in December of 1993. That will go on to be the highest-earning arcade game of all time. Wow. That must have been, like, at, right at the decline of arcades or you, something. You think so? 93? That could be the peak. Yeah. 
don't it, know, 90s. The internet came around like yeah. 94, 95. Yeah, then, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mega Man X is released for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, good game. Okay. Great. I know people like it. Did you play any Super Nintendo? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then Doom for PC. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is, I think, also considered one of the like most influential Yeah. Uh, it's game. a game changer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit about December of 1993, but we're here to talk about the Nightcrawlers, uh, which... Loved it then. Yeah. I won't hold back. I love it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really a um, kind of like a, almost a mythical episode, it feels like to me. Yeah. I think that's a good word. At, at the time, when I watched it as a kid, it was almost, yeah. Mythical's a good word. It was otherworldly. Like, I'd yeah. never seen anything like it. I'd never seen kids put in a position where I felt like they were so empowered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to give mm-hmm. to be given permission to stay up for eleven straight yeah. days, like And doing the thing that at least to me as a kid was a big deal. Like being out at night in the dark. Yeah. Uh, like that late, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, let's get into well, it. Big Pete narrates, telling us that what bugs Little Pete about bedtime is that while he's stuck in bed, the world keeps going on without him. This is a great, uh, maybe we should just listen to yeah. the opening. Yeah. Every night, when you're sound asleep, something strange happens. Not only do your eyeballs keep moving even though your eyes are closed, but the world keeps moving too. Somewhere, far away, kids you'll never meet are climbing trees, riding bikes, and melting garter snakes while you're fast asleep. Maybe that's what bugs my brother Pete. While he's stuck in bed, the world keeps going on. Without him, it's as if millions of kids got a head start in a race, and Pete never had a chance to catch up. Very good. It is good. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a very pure childhood sentiment of like uh, everything <laughs> could be wasted yeah. time. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. Like I don't want to get into too many details. But like you didn't want to stop and go inside to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You always anything. wanted to be like on the move. Like you of. just you, those breaks in the action were very stressful. Yeah. And they kind of, like, put a name on it of, like, that's yeah. how the kid's brain is working. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great it's a great sequence uh, punctuated by that great magnetic, magnetic field yeah. song playing yeah. underneath. Really good. Um, yeah. uh, that's exactly how Mom wants to keep it. So every night at exactly 9 o'clock, she engages in the ritual of getting little Pete to bed. As usual, Pete puts up a fight, but Mom puts the nail in the coffin with the dreaded, because I said so. Because it's 9 o'clock, and that's what time growing boys go to sleep. Mom's first reason for making Pete go to bed was always the easiest to counter. After all, what is there, some international chart that dictates what time all 10-year-olds should go to bed? But why 9 o'clock? Why not 9-11? Or 942. Do we have to go through this every night? Ah, those six words. (laughs) Wait, was 9 o'clock? That's why. 9 o'clock was also my bedtime. 
Is oh, that yeah? your guys' bedtime? In the 90s? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Nine o'clock. It was like usually they had just done Happy Days on uh, Nick at Night. <laughs> okay. That was like... That was like your signal? Yeah, we had, a, we had a 9 o'clock bedtime as well at my house. I think 10 o'clock's the earliest bedtime I can remember, at least. Yeah. A 9? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I ever had a set number. Wow. It, it was just like, I couldn't stay up, but it wasn't like, it's 9, now go. That's like savage. Your parents would just <laughs> spring it on sick you? Of you. <laughs> Get him to bed. Well... I feel like I mostly hung out in my room anyway, so it was probably easy for them just to be, you know, he's already in there. Just to, like, walk by and turn off your light at some point. Right. Just make sure I'm not, yeah. But Big Pete senses something different about tonight, as little Pete tromps upstairs and stomps his pig nightlight into oblivion. Really, uh... Kind of a vicious moment. <laughs> Something about that. <laughs> it's a great. I think it's a great representation of little kid anger. Just mm-hmm. like I've had yeah. enough, and I'm gonna do something stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My immediate thought was like, oh, man, I wonder if that's gonna be hard to get the thing out of the <laughs> socket now. Um, Don can handle it. <laughs> uh, convinced that the bedtime rule is part of the international adult conspiracy. Pete was convinced that the bedtime rule was part of the international adult conspiracy, which operated in secret and kept adults in control. Well, I'll tell you what I do, Nancy. I buy the 2%, and I tell them it's whole milk. They never know the difference. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what they don't know can't hurt them. Another great thing in this episode. Uh, Little Pete starts listening in on his parents' phone calls to find out the truth. Although he manages to figure out why his cereal tastes like sludge, bedtime remains a mystery. (laughs) Uh, And I love that. That's like one of the single most memorable scenes for me in all of Pete and Pete is um, Don talking about switching out the the 2% for the whole milk. They don't even know. Yeah, uh, I do love throughout the episode those split screen phone calls between the parents. Those are good. And all the parents are very good also in this episode. Uh, as Big Pete puts it, Little Pete needed a scheme, and he needed it fast. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete being Pete, he knew just where to look in the Ghibli's Book of World Records. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked it wasn't Crepstar. Yeah. Yeah. Because really... Ghibli's isn't a thing, right? No, yeah. no. But they're really good at these fake names that are, like, oh. close to the real name. But, yeah. man. Um <laughs> The next night, Little Pete and his friends are playing flashlight tag in the backyard when Mom comes out to tell him it's bedtime. But tonight, Pete isn't willing to give in so easily, and he refuses to go. As Pete zeroed in on his final victim... Say goodnight, Clem! Goodnight, Clem! (laughs) Mom, what are you doing? It's 9 o'clock, Pete. That's enough for tonight. It's bedtime! Pete knew it was now or never. No! Know what, honey? No, I'm not going to bed. I don't feel like going to bed. Oh, don't be silly, pumpkin. It's wet out here. Come on, let's go. I said no. I said yes. And I don't like the tone in your voice, young man. Mom and Pete go at it. At first she tries the old standby. Reverse psychology. (laughs) I love that shot of her brain. Yeah. That map. It's so cool. All her strategies. And they're real. Like, those are the things that a parent would try. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
But when Pete calls her bluff, her only choice is to, re to resort to the deadly double bluff. You want to stay up late? Fine. She went with the old standby. And how late would that be? 9.15? 9.30? Later. Oh, really? Well, why bother coming inside at all? Why don't you just stay up all night? Okay. Mom was stunned. Pete had called her bluff. And Mom knew right away that the only way out of her pickle was with the deadly double bluff. Why stop there? How about two nights? How about 11? 11 days without sleep? Yep, I'm gonna break the world record. Is that so? Well, have a nice time. That's when Pete reveals his plan to stay up 11 <laughs> days straight and break the world record. Pete's friends are so inspired by him staying up 11 days, pa 11 days past his bedtime, as uh, Big Pete <laughs> emphasizes it, I like that, um, they decide to help him. Little Pete, Clem, Natasha, Mort, Purvis, Libby, Pink Eye, and Artie are the Nightcrawlers. What a team. <laughs> it's good. I love the little crew standing there. But as the festivities get started, elsewhere, the international adult conspiracy is already plotting against them. The night crawlers rule the night, taking to the street on their bikes and skateboards, playing football and launching model rockets. But at 2.47 a.m., they're dealt their first defeat as Purvis <laughs> conks out on the curb, sucking his thumb. <laughs> But around 2.47 a.m., Somnus, the mighty god of sleep, sang a thumb-sucking lullaby that KO'd Purvis. Is this the only time we ever meet Purvis? I believe so. Yeah, I don't... He doesn't... I know we've definitely, like, uh, Mort yeah. and Clem... Libby, maybe? I don't think Libby... Yeah. Okay. Maybe... Natasha? I don't... I'm not sure. A couple of them we definitely I, see again. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like some we don't. But they're all really uh, distinctive in this episode. Like, yeah. each one I just sticks in my mind, kind of. Yeah. The way they yeah. are. Um, the remaining Nightcrawlers crawl on, but by the next morning, the international adult conspiracy is getting concerned. Well, Stan, I'm not really worried. I, I mean, I wouldn't really call it worried. It's just, oh gosh, is it really 11 o'clock? Relax, Nancy. They can't possibly last much longer. I mean, Purvis didn't even make it five hours. You know, I, I never liked that kid. Any minute now, my Libby's gonna come walking through that door. Any minute now. She's ten years old for crying out loud. How much longer can she stay awake? As the kids find different ways of staying awake, including boogalooing to the beat of a Krebstar 2000 radio, <laughs> catastrophe strikes. Pink Eye crashes from the worst sugar rush since Glenn Hoover ate 17 candy apples at the Fireman's Field Day. Yeah. <laughs> Even that sounds like really real. Yeah. Something about that. Yeah. It's just so something weird that, that it has to be true. Yeah. yeah. And something that everybody would remember. Like, yeah. remember that time. That... And uh, so, yeah, he, he just, like, convulses until he goes to sleep. And yeah. then they kind of treat it like he's dead. Yeah. Uh, pink eye, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So young, so brave. <laughs> 
so sleepy. Sugar hot. <laughs> Sadly done, Pinkley. Um, just to circle back for a second, I do love Libby's dad, <laughs> just like trying to be really confident and then just breaking down. Yeah. And going, She's ten years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really good. That guy was really good. Yeah. Uh, I did you listen to the DVD commentary by any chance? No, I didn't. Um, there's a commentary for Nightcrawlers, and they did mention. I think that guy was just a local. Uh. guy they had found and really liked and they what? said he had made like a perfect foe they used him a couple times during the first season uh. and then when they went to shoot the second season he had moved or something they couldn't locate him wow <laughs> they're like yeah we never knew what happened that's a great that could almost be like a story in itself <laughs> that's a very pete and pete where's Libby's dad just disappears <laughs> yeah, never yeah. to be seen again um the next day, the grown-ups are beginning to worry that if they don't end the kids' crusade, the effects could ripple all the way down Cranston Street. Things are almost as bad outside as the night crawlers all start to feel the toll of 164 hours without sleep. <laughs> it was clear that the mind-warping effects of 164 hours without sleep were getting to everyone. It's my turn to hold the radio! How come Artie always holds the radio? Wake up, Petunia! Don't zunk out on me! Wake up! Ugh, why is the grass so wet? Is it raining? Huh? Is it? I haven't seen it rain, so why is the grass so wet? Will somebody please tell him to stop the hammering? Oh, God, no. Oh. Where's Libby? <laughs> As they try to keep themselves awake, they suddenly realize Libby is gone, lost in Mrs. Chikuti's backyard. Without the sun to help her sneeze, she finally passes out. In yeah. the, like, ivy. Yeah, I love that yeah. sequence. She's just in this, like, ivy garden. Yeah. And she's just staring up at the sky and... Trying to convince the sun to come out—it's like a very yeah. endearing yeah. kids' show moment. And you can almost, you can really like feel her being there. Like I can feel myself being there in that moment. Like yeah. the way that they filmed it and laid it out, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just lost in this neighborhood. Yeah. Um. By nights eight and nine, the night crawlers start dropping like flies. First, Mort falls asleep under a bush. Then Natasha's braids come undone, <laughs> and finally Clem crashes while he's deliriously laughing at Arnie, Artie's dancing. Oh no! Artie! Help! Oh, oh no! Oh my! No. Don't look, boy! Don't look! Just once. Oh! Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to take a second to talk about Clem's beard. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Because this is something I. I very much remember from being a kid being like weirded out by oh. like it was one of the few times Pete and Pete maybe had um <laughs> g- gave me the reaction of like this is unsettling to me. Oh. Um, I love it now. Like I love the touch of this kid just growing a five o'clock shadow yes. eventually so to be like ratty so beard. For some reason. <laughs> but it's like, you know, now thinking about it, it's like, wow, that's just a crazy thought. Yeah. <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I, I was like more disturbed at the end of the episode. He's like shaved it into mutton chops. <laughs> yes. 
Like everything's back to normal, yeah. but he kept some of it. Which will come back into play on um, a hard day's Pete uh, yeah. when he's the drummer. Don't they call him Clem Mutton Chops? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that a- is so good. That's like uh, they really nail those surreal uh, details. Yes. Man, yeah, it's good. Even just um, pink eye, like itching her yes. eye, oh like. <laughs> As I'm watching it, I could like, like I feel yeah. agitated just watching her like pick at her eye. It kind of like sickened me as a little kid, but I also like that was p- really a part of being a little kid in my mind is like walking around with pink eye. Yeah, like, it seemed like a regular thing happening, uh, or knowing some gross kid yes, who's yes. just nonstop always. Yeah. Has it. Yeah. Um, with everything on the line, Pete and Arnie only have one night to go. To help them stay awake, Artie challenges Pete to a game of flashlight tag. Mm-hmm. But just as the match is getting underway, the Krebstar 2000's batteries run down, and Artie c- succumbs to sleep. The Krebstar 2000 <laughs> pumping fresh funk into his cortex, Artie this is room. ready for action. I don't believe you can catch me, for I am super freaky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Please! Arr, arr. Come on! Hmm. You can do it. The strongest yeah. please. man... Arr. And... Arr. The... Arr. Come on, Artie. Uh, uh. Wake up, Artie! Wake up! Come on! Come on, Artie! Artie was in super sleep. Wake up, Artie! A dream on, state reserved you. only for superheroes. And as Artie bit the dust, so did my brother Pete's dream. In a really great uh, pose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How would you describe it? Like, uh, it's like he's taken off to fly. Right. Yes. Yes. But he's like just holding himself up on one leg. <laughs> yeah. and, oh like a flamingo almost. Yeah. 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 It looks painful to hold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with Pete, the only night crawler left, there's no one left to help him stay awake and no witnesses, even if he could. Yeah. He passes out and begins to fall back when mom suddenly catches him. So, what are you waiting for? Aren't you gonna rub it in? Is that what you think I want to do? Make you feel bad? Well, I don't. Pete, you're my little boy. And I make rules for you because I love you. Mom? What? You know, I guess... I guess I'm just afraid you're growing up too fast. It's not like I can help it. Yeah, me neither. Pete thinks Mom came out to rub it in, but she explains that the reason she makes rules for him is because she loves him. I do love that slow motion shot of him falling backwards and her just coming out of nowhere to kind of catch him. Uh, So that was really great. (laughs) Yeah, like a sentimental kind of mom-son moment. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say... We settle on new bedtime. You bluffing. How about 10 o'clock? 1030. 1015. 11. Okay, 1015's good. Where are you going? It's bedtime, right? You still have 49 minutes. Forget it. My last witness is in La La Land. 
No, she's not. Tag, you're it. They compromise on a 10:15 bedtime, and Mom surprises Pete by challenging him to a game of flashlight tag to help him break the record. Ugh, oh, and cue, uh, falling out of love with yeah. you by the sixth. Ugh. After 11 days and nights, both Pete and Mom understood that change is inevitable. Whether you're talking about rules, records, or ten-year-old boys. And even though the world will keep moving and changing without us, on one special night, my brother Pete scored a victory in the name of kids everywhere. And for a while, at least, he could sleep soundly. Great cue. It, yeah, it really is. Um, and I really like the last shot in this of Pete freezing Mom yep. and walking away. And awesome. it, if you really watch it, it's fun because Mom is like frozen, but she keeps peeking out of the side oh. of her eye, like at Pete, like really happy. <laughs> it's just a great moment. I loved it. I loved the ending. Yeah. Um, yeah, the episode is just really well paced. Yes, uh, never, really well. never boring, and I like that it's really hyper focused. Um, like it doesn't give. Sometimes I think the episodes, a fault of the episodes, is that they try to like give Big Pete or Little Pete, depending on whose yeah. story it is, something, and then that story feels like so yeah. much lesser. Yeah. Uh, and I like that they just make Big Pete the narrator here and focus on yes. like Little Pete's thing. That's good. Um, and I love just the idea of them around the neighborhood throughout this episode like mm-hmm. them moving through the yards and uh, I just love that yeah yeah just bouncing around yeah. oh dude so just to go back to the episode for a second that um, when they're running out of steam when they're having their mental breakdowns yeah. oh yeah <laughs> those are incredible so um, what does Clem yell it's the hammering <laughs> in my head <laughs> <laughs> the hammering in my head yes yes so funny and then um and then natasha feeling the grass thinking why yeah. isn't it why is it wet oh, it hasn't yeah. rained why is it wet? <laughs> um, um that uh that ham clem with his hammering and his beard like mm-hmm. it's a good example of how pete and pete like um balances the line between adult and kid like it's a really like there's a really adult kind of ideas but they're not so they're not like inappropriate for kids <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah no they're great touches that help uh i don't know it's comedy but it also helps you kind of like care about the characters yeah. a little bit yeah. um all right well let's take a look at some of the stuff behind it yeah hi this is bios trivia ratings and stray observations um i took a look at a few of pete's friends who i don't think that we see again Mm. um these include libby first uh played by winnie zhang and she only has two credits this and a short called whitewash that was done the same year as pp that was it wow okay disappeared um thought she was good yeah yeah Yeah. great character um the next one is Pink Eye. She's played by Amy Gagan, um, and this is her only credit. Oh, uh, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe she was that guy's uh, daughter. <laughs> maybe it, she could have very well been. It sounds like maybe they pooled neighborhood people, yeah. so very well could have just been a kid in town that mm-hmm. they used. 
and finally Purvis, played by Joseph Blair. He's had f- only four credits, including Quiz Show. The movie? Yeah. Oh, what a great movie. <laughs> and we've talked about this one recently, Major Pain. <laughs> He's one of the kids at the yep. camp? <laughs> or the... That's cool. Oh, that's funny. Um, I got more on Purvis later. Oh, a little good. trivia. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I looked at the guy who did the production design on this episode and throughout Pete and Pete. His name is John Yeck. Uh, hmm. He actually gets a shout out on the commentary. Um, he, uh, he, I guess he was like very gung-ho. He told Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi, like, whatever you want done, tell me. We'll, hmm. we'll make it happen. We'll make it look cool. Um, but his other credits include include the Chris Rock show. Uh, politically incorrect. He did one episode of Da uh, Ali G. Um, he, but he's mainly what I noticed is he works on stand-up specials. Hmm. Uh, he does production design. So some of the people he's done um, comedy specials for are Louis Black, Dimitri Martin, Kristen Shaw, Chris Hardwick, Amy Schumer, Trevor Noah, uh, and among other Comedy Central presents episodes. Hmm. So he does a lot of stand-up. Um, he's done nine episodes of Ink Master. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. It's oh. like the tattoo show. Yeah. Um, the Talk. Uh, and most currently, he's done uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B. And Jesus and Miro, which hmm. uh, I'm not super familiar with. But yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's a good resume. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any trivia? Uh, yeah, just one thing. Um, I just wanted to mention that I cannot figure out what song is playing from the Krebstar 2000 when Artie is dancing with the kids. Mm. Um, I think I have it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Maybe. Okay. It's like a weird... Um, man, I wish I wrote down the words because I can hear, hear a few of the words. It's like... it's almost It like almost sounds like some kind of... Um, more like disco-y thing. Maybe from some other country or something. Uh, like, sounds very... Yes, so I don't have the name of it, but I can maybe tell you where it's from. Oh, okay. Um, so I have a ton of trivia here, which I pulled from the commentary. Oh, cool. Um, so this was actually shot second. Um, they shot it as the second episode, but it aired it oh. third. Um, so it would have been one of the earlier episodes they shot. Um, they mentioned a lot about, like, of course, there's laws about shooting kids at night um, and how difficult that made it. So they said they usually would have, like the sun would go down and they would usually have like a couple minutes mm. over like the week. So they would just oh, tell the kids like, wow. go crazy. Yeah. And if you notice the way it's shot, like it's really like just yeah. all over the place. I'm just trying to <laughs> film as much as possible. They said some nights it was like 30 seconds of like just shooting wow. and then they were done. <laughs> um, so they said it was like, very, they said it was fun. They liked the, the way it kind of turned out, yeah. but it was also very like stressful with just cause it's all kids. Yeah. Um, they mentioned that the kid who played Purvis was tough to direct and so that's why they got rid of him first. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Catherine Diekman, who's like a very, she's a very good director. Uh, she shot this one. She mentioned like she had trouble directing him. So he was out first. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, the one who, before they decided to stay up, he went, this is going to be Kate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ugh, I feel like I knew that kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a lot of the songs in the episode Catherine Diekman mentioned were from a record that her dad gave her, uh, which was from Switzerland. Oh, she said they're like Switzerland songs. She said she listened to the record all the time, so Man. she just used the songs. That's good to know. That's yeah. a step in the right <laughs> direction. I 
clue. <laughs> um, the postcards that come on the screen when they talk about where they're getting signals from on the Krebs star mm-hmm. uh, were actual postcards from her own personal, uh-huh. Catherine Diekman's personal collection. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, a phrase that I heard Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi use, they said whenever they described what they wanted Pete and Pete to be like, they always used the same phrase, which was ragged glory. Hmm. They, they said um, this would describe their goals. Like it was ragged, yeah. but they were always trying to achieve something yeah. great. Um, okay. They also mentioned it's the name of a uh, Neil Young song. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh Chris and Will said they went out of their way not to write long dialogue between parents and kids throughout the series, but they felt like in this episode it was like a good, it was, um, it just worked yeah, yeah. for this scenario. That was something that stood out to me about this whole episode, and probably Pete and Pete in general, was the families were actually written into the stories, mm-hmm. where I feel like a lot of Nickelodeon shows, the parents are like not kind of supposed to be in the story yeah. and you forget they even have parents and half the time you're like where yeah. like Arnold and Gerald are just <laughs> running around New York City for <laughs> like all the time yeah but I maybe that's why I said the show feels safe to me because even though like you said Joey Pete and Big Pete didn't have a story in this episode but like he was narrating what was happening to his family mm-hmm. which is like as a kid, it was just like, this is yeah. my family, everything going in my ha- on in my house. Yeah. Which, like, it's just, and the parents are present, and then that really touching moment with Pete and his mom. Yeah. I, I like that they're goofballs. Yeah. They're weirder than my parents, or the parents of any of my friends growing up, but they're there, and they're right. in the story. And even, like, I think of a moment in the episode where, like, Mom is allowing him to do this extreme thing, but she is stressed. Like yes. when she's in the upper window looking out of the telescope <laughs> yes. and Big Pete catches her. Um, I like that moment just because it. They're, you know, I and don't know. The yeah. parents talking on the phone, they're, like you mentioned, that guy breaking down. <laughs> yeah, she's 10 they're, years they're old. They're worried. <laughs> yeah. It's, I liked it. Yeah. I like that part about Pete and Pete, and it's funny that this. I maybe had that feeling very strongly because they intentionally decided to be like, no, we're going to like really, they're going to talk through some things here. Yeah. There's also a great moment at the beginning of the episode when mom's doing the nine o'clock discussion with yeah. Pete and Pete and, De- and Don says, do we have to do this every yeah. night? <laughs> and there's a quick cutaway to Pete, big Pete, just like really fast, just laughing yeah. at like his da- <laughs> what his dad said. And I feel like it's just like, I don't know, it's a moment you could miss, but it feels like a family dynamic of, like, <laughs> two people arguing and the other two people in the family being like, this again? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that them using the parents a lot is, like, a te- another testament to the good writing on this show. Like, I think a lot of other kids' shows tend to use that as, like, a... Like, if they had the parents around, they wouldn't be able to figure out how to make this episode work. Right. But this is, like this is how things would work with the parents around. Like, they used Good it point. instead of just, uh, it, you know, getting lazy about it. You know? It's not an easy out. Because, yeah. like, little Pete couldn't... The whole conflict. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, the only other trivia I have here is about the actual world record, um, which was... Uh, uh, Chris Viscard, he said he actually looked up the record, so <laughs> oh. he wanted that to be based on reality. Um, it was another just, like... Who would do that? Now, that's really good. 
Uh, it was set by Randy Gardner, um, who was in San Diego, California. He was a high school student at the time, um, and he stayed awake for 11 days and 25 minutes, which was uh, 264.4 hours. Um, and it was overseen by like doctors, so like he wanted to do it. Yeah. And he said the reason he wanted to do it was that um, he said, "I think I could break the record, and I don't think it would ha- it would be a negative experience." <laughs> as simply as he put it. But they had doctors oversee it, and they said he actually did like really good. Like there were some little like impairments towards the end of like short term memory type stuff or mood swings. Mm. But they said otherwise he was totally fine. He did like a press conference huh. when he was done and was like functioning normally. Oh. Oh, weird. Um, I'm questioning those parents. <laughs> oh, he, I'm sorry. He also said, I wanted to prove that bad things didn't happen if you went without sleep. I thought I could break this record and it wouldn't be a negative experience. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. I've heard claims that you can die from lack of sleep. Hmm. So that yeah. must be... I don't know. Bogus. Maybe at some point. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, but 11 days, that's, that's a long pretty time. extreme. Yeah. They said he recovered pretty quickly. Like, there wasn't any long-term effects. He's still alive. He's 71. Wow. Um, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- so interesting also is that um, a lot of people have claimed to break the record. In fact, the most widely, um, I guess, recognized number is 18 days. Mm. Um, I think that's in Australia. However, um, the Guinness Book of World Records no longer is willing to keep track mm. of um, sleep deprivation for fear that participants will suffer ill effects. Yeah. Oh. So it's not something you could actually do and then submit. Mm. Yeah. They're like not That's trying wise. to encourage people to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so r- I think Randy Gardner is the only technical person who's been recognized. Ugh. I just kept thinking about how much it messes with your like levels. Have you, like you guys pulled like an all-nighter. Mm-hmm. One all-nighter. Sure. And at one point like your adrenaline kicks in mm. super yeah. hard. And you could clean your whole apartment, just like, and then that would drop off, and then, like like, that would be chemical changes in your body, Mm. things just spiking, and I don't know. Yeah. How do you do with all nighters? Not good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) As a kid, I just remember like, yeah, the adrenaline got you through, and then that next day was just low, like. Yeah. Didn't feel great. Yeah. Uh, stray observations? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete and Pete has too many. Yeah. <laughs> like, every every second of the episode is like, oh, that looks cool, or yeah, that's yeah. an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. it's the kind right. of detail that really makes <laughs> the episodes. Um, so my first one, uh, did you note what Big Pete said? Well, I mean, we listened to this at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show, but what he said uh, little kids are doing around the world. Um, well, he says that your eyeballs keep moving, um, the world is moving, uh, kids climbing trees, riding bikes, and I, I think he says melting garden snakes? Garter snakes. Garter snakes, okay. Uh, in the beginning, when the family's sitting in the living room, Don Wrigley is reading... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Golf almanac. Year? What? <laughs> no, I don't know. 1993. Of course. You must have bought a new one for this. You guys. (laughs) Um, Did you note when Little Pete, how long it took for Little Pete to reach his breaking point about uh, his bedtime? Uh, 10 years, 4 months, 27 days. (laughs) I guess that's his age. Yeah. Supposed to be. Probably, yeah. 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 Um, A Little Pete insult I really like. 
wax my nose hair. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Um, there are two mysteries solved by Little Pete by overhearing on the phone. We kind of talk about one, but you get this. Um, clean socks. Yeah. Uh, cereal. Yeah. Roll. Wait, what's the clean socks one? There's just a check by it. I'm yeah. not sure we know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. Yeah. It's like they just what? make up something. Yeah. They're like, what's clean socks? <laughs> Um, did you take note of all the categories in Mom's brain? Um, oh yeah, I definitely did. Uh, call his bluff, double bluff, stall, bribe him, reverse psychology, and get dad. <laughs> get, get dad. dad. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and the two she, well, I guess, what, she uses three? Oh. Yeah, I guess so. She uses, kind of. what? Reverse psychology. Yeah. Call his bluff. Yeah. Double bluff. Double bluff. Yeah. Deadly double bluff. <laughs> um, did you note who the Ghibli's Book of World Records was written by? Or compiled by? Um, it's two names. Mc- yeah. Micmac? Yep. John and Martin. John and Martin Micmac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Ghibli's World Record for staying awake. Um, did you catch who it is or what the little thing said? Yeah, I caught a lot of information. I don't know if this is all of it, but okay. um, it was from 1962 okay. by 56-year-old Austrian housewife, Bertha Van Houten. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you. Yeah, so it said, The longest documented period for which a person has voluntarily gone without sleep is 11 days, 16 hours, 47 minutes. Set in 1962 by 56-year-old Aust- Austrian housewife, Bertha Van Houten. The record was witnessed by Miss Van Houten's youngest son, Mel. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Mel. Um, did you catch any of the other world records on the page? Pretty I, hard to see. No. I tried. Uh, I saw longest coma. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was <laughs> loudest snore. Fire eating. Uh, yeah, fire eating. Okay. Um, I thought it was. I couldn't really. T- I thought it was longest snore, but it, it might have been loudest. Loudest oh. would make more sense. Um, and I, I did, uh, have to get the DVD out to, to get a clear enough <laughs> shot of this last one. Um, it's earliest false teeth. Okay. <laughs> I saw false teeth, but I couldn't figure out earliest. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's funny. Um, there's something at the bottom of the page too. I don't know if you saw it, but it looks mm. like it just says the word something. Oh. <laughs> Which oh. would be a kind of a funny PM yeah. touch, but, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, just an observation I really liked is that um, Pink Eye's dad was also itching his eye throughout the yes, episode, yeah. and that his phone was pink. Oh, yeah. huh. I love that. Yeah. Um, at one point, Artie teaches the kids how to do something. Did you catch this? Um, Artie shows them how to skip stones on Neptune. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Artie uh, has a Krebstar 2000 radio. Uh, did you see where he's picking up uh, a signal from? How, or how far it reached? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. Old Tucson, yep. and of course Dusseldorf. <laughs> Dusseldorf. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a like brand name maybe on the alarm clock. It's, uh, mm, just real quick. Yeah, I missed that. R and R. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to see what was on Don Rickley's coffee mug? Oh, man, no. <laughs> Appropriately, the Hoover Dam. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Why 
wow. That, yeah. uh, that's good. The, these details. Yeah. I mean, this is John Yek doing his thing. <laughs> hey. um, Killing it. Did you catch where Artie got his Crabstar 2000 radio from? Yes. He stole it from the kid's bike after <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he fell asleep. Oh, so good. That is so funny. Just his whole like act of unstrapping it and getting out of there. Uh. Uh, when it cuts to Mom inside, she's knitting a blanket. Did you happen to catch what's on the blanket she's knitting? No. Yeah. Santa. Ah, oh. Santa. It's a winter. Hmm. It's a yeah, hmm. Christmas blanket. Um, there's. I just wanted to note this. There's a moment in this episode uh, where Pete, Big Pete, is sleeping, and it pans over to the window, and you hear the sounds of the kids playing outside. So good. Uh, uh, yes. Instead really of great like, shot. Instead of uh, what did he say? Instead of like crickets or yeah, the yeah. bugs. Yeah. yeah, love that. Great. Uh, well, I just took note of all the times the kids conked out. Um, did you have that or? Oh, I mean, you kind of mentioned them throughout. No, I didn't get the times. Um, five hours for Purvis. Purvis. Four days, one hour for Pink Eye. <laughs> Seven days for Libby. Eight to nine for Natasha, Mort, and Clem. And then Artie only had 53 minutes left Man. before achieving <laughs> the oh, record. Artie. <laughs> um, oh, I just wanted to note that I love... Um, Artie in the background. You can see him sleeping yes. in his pose. Oh. They, if you his, look. Yeah, his dream state reserved yeah. only for superheroes. Yeah. Super, He's uh, just sleep. in the background of the family shots, just yeah. frozen like in the Like blurry, yard. not even... Yeah. In, yeah. You can um, just see the color of his get-up. If you listen to the commentary, it even cracks um, Catherine, Will, and Chris up. Like, they're, they're like... There's Toby, just... <laughs> Doing whatever he had to do to get a laugh. Like, <laughs> um, uh, I also just wanted to note the like little like jazz music playing when they're playing poker. Yeah, uh, really it's, good. It's like a oh. silent era, like <laughs> roaring twenties. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's really like, fast, but it's perfect for like the early morning. Yes, like, been up all night. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of music, some of the um, more, uh, I guess you'd say band music that was used in the episode, we have the song The Flowers She Sent and The Flowers She Said She Sent by The Magnetic Fields, which is what's playing over at the beginning of the episode. We, of course, have Hey Sandy by Polaris as the title sequence. We have Summer Baby by Polaris. Uh, Circuit Diagram by Nice, which is one of my one of my yeah. favorite cues in the show, but my favorite cue is the one they use at the end, which is Falling Out of Love with You by The Six. Very good. Yeah. Um... See, the adults are worried that if the if Pete succeeds, then the kids will want to ban other things. Did you catch these? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. I don't remember off the top of my head. Well, they'll want, I guess, a ban on cauliflower. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, a mandate against making their beds, <laughs> and Mort will want to drive. <laughs> oh yeah. Mort, yeah. <laughs> and I love Mort's goggles. Yeah. Those are really yeah. just great. Didn't his parents say, you know, Mort? (laughs) (laughs) Did you catch how Artie outmaneuvers Pete's flashlight at the end? When they're playing flashlight tag? He uses his patented slide and glide technique. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this might be a good time to ask, what are the rules of flashlight tag? What are your rules? I don't know if I've ever played it. Uh, Yeah. 
I, I was always a little confused about that in this episode, like, what are, do you get frozen when the light goes on you? Or do you have to be touched by the flashlight, or what? It seemed like if it just went on you. Yeah, but it seems like, how could you avoid that? You know? Right, That's the game would be over in five seconds. <laughs> That's how we, yeah, but it was always, I mean, it was just impossible. You spent the whole game being like, no, it didn't! Uh, no, oh, it right. didn't! Yeah. Have you played like, this before? Yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah, I guess I'm. That's it's, why I asked what your guys' rules are, because it's like freeze tag, where you go to play with a different yeah. group of kids and they have different rules. Yeah, it seems like you would need something particularly difficult so the game would last. Like it has to hit you in a certain spot. Yeah, like on your face or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe we could play later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at ratings. Uh, this episode got an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. It has a 9.3 out of 10 on TV.com. Um, out of five Cripsers, what did you give the Nightcrawlers? Um, I thought about this for a while, and I really wanted to... Part of me wanted to dock it points, but I just i gotta give it a five star it's just too good especially like as a kid it there's really nothing quite as like magical as this Mm. episode in the same way yeah so i gotta yeah um yeah five crab stars for a well written story wow you mean that deep down in your heart five i mean it (laughs) You just haven't seemed super excited about this episode. You don't seem super excited about this episode. <laughs> I think I have. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you liked Thanks. it. Yeah. What was, like, your favorite thing about it? Do you want me to change it to a four? No, I just want to know what you really liked about it. I feel... I would feel embarrassed making them seem like things that me, Candace, likes when they're clearly the things that Pete and Pete did really well in a very intelligent way of tapping into what makes being a kid feel special. And then the thing I already said about making it feel like a real family, supportive, special relationships that they had. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Plus they had the same bedtime as me, so (laughs) meant to be... Um, well, this is going to be one of our rare, perfect episodes, because wow. I also gave it a five Crip Stars. Um, so, I think more than anything, kind of what you said, which is, like, how special this episode was to me as a kid. Yeah. Um, it was an episode that if it was on, I was really excited, and it was an episode I thought about a lot. Yeah. Um, even if it wasn't on, I was kind of thinking about, like, boy, that would be so cool just to try something like that. Um, so it, I think it holds up as a really fun episode. Um, there's some really funny moments with the kids, um, and Artie. So I think it's, um, I think for like what it means to nineties Nickelodeon, I think it's kind of a perfect episode. Yeah. Um, so that, so there's only a few perfect, all five <laughs> episodes. So this joins the ranks of Zeke, the plumber, mm. uh, field of Pete, which we did last week, last year and this week, uh, and the tale of dead man's float. Uh, otherwise, wow. there's... Oh, that never would have got a perfect rating on, <laughs> if I was a guest. It would not have gotten a perfect rating for me either. I was the judge on that episode, but I didn't score it. Oh. Um, so it's kind of tricky, but Andrew and Melissa gave it five, so I'm counting it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, 
Cool. Um, I'm I'm to understand that you have uh, some of your favorite lines. Yeah. Oh, I got them. Um, <laughs> it's just so easy with Pete and Pete. They're just like I'm just like noting them as they come up. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, great. Um, so I I narrowed it down to five though. Uh, my number five was they were sleepless suburban commandos who ruled the night and turned it into day. <laughs> oh. That's Big Pete. Yeah. yeah. Um. This is Artie's, uh, get it, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Artie has a lot of, like, good, like, weird grunt yeah, yeah. type moments. In uh, number three, a plan so brilliant, so perfectly perfect as Pete's could only have come from those who knew the bitter taste of being powerless. <laughs> That's Big Pete as well. Um, another Big Pete, number two, with the Krebstar 2000 pumping fresh funk into his cortex, <laughs> Artie was ready for action. Into his cortex. <laughs> And number one, I don't believe you can catch me, for I am super <laughs> freaky. <laughs> that is a great arty line. One of the all-time. Yeah. 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 Very good. <laughs> like it a lot. Um, well, uh, do we want to name the episode? Yeah. I guess I always have a hard time with this, but this was man, one of those ones that I'm just like, the name that it is should be it's, what it is. The Nightcrawlers yeah. is a perfect yes. name. Yeah. Um, I finally landed on The Long Good Night. Oh, I oh. like it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I also struggled and admit that the original is better, but I went with a line from the episode, which is, wake up Petunia. Ah, wake up, Petunia. I like that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Wake up, comma, Petunia. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exclamation point? <laughs> no. Don't, Too far. I don't Too overuse far. exclamation points, please. Uh, I went with like just a little, same thing you did, a little play on a pre-existing thing, which is no sleep till Wellsville. Ah, nice. Oh, cute. Yeah. yeah. It, was a t- it was just, everything felt wrong yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kept thinking of like night something else and I'm like they've already nailed it <laughs> what it is yeah yeah um all right well that wraps up uh the night crawlers mm. yeah what an episode mm. kicking off pete the heat <laughs> <laughs> thanks for saying it again it really cements that we should go yeah. with it hashtag pete the heat oh, wow pete the heat hashtag yeah cool we'll That's get that going <laughs> Uh, but we have two more Pete and Pete episodes in store for you guys uh, this July 4th week. Uh, what are we talking about next? Uh, next week we're going to talk about another kind of classic episode, Inspector 34. Uh, That'll be on July 4th. That episode will drop. So a little independent Independence Day uh, treat. Yeah, and it feels very summery. It definitely like, does. It feels don't... like the heat of the summer. <laughs> They don't go out of their way in that episode to say it's summer, but it's definitely summer. Yeah, yeah. Picnics um, galore. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of rib eating. Yeah. <laughs> also, hashtag picnics galore. <laughs> um, so that'll be really fun. If in the meantime you want to get a hold of us, uh, I guess we'll read it after uh, this week is over. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at boc podcast. 
Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. And you can hear us on Podbean and iTunes. Leave us a review. That's really helpful. Or just as helpful is to tell a friend that you know, there's a podcast that talked about Nightcrawlers, the classic 90s uh, Nickelodeon episode of Pete and Pete. Speaking of friends, Candace. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it. I'm just standing here in the arty dream pose. <laughs> I'm just going to stay here till the next episode. You also look like you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next adventure. Girl? Yeah. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs>